Hey everybody, this is Curtis Lane. You know that this week's episode is brought to you by Hinge. Hinge is the dating app that is designed to be deleted. What you have to do is download the app, find love, and then delete the app. It really is that simple. You may be trying other dating apps, but Hinge allows people to provide feedback on their dates in a way that will let you know maybe if there's a diamond in the rough. Don't take our word for it. Download it today and give it a try. I'm sure you'll find much success. Thank you and have a great day. She won't get married because she's never been in love. Andy's really hot. And don't get me wrong, you're cute too, but Andy is like cut from Marvel. He's gorgeous. He's like this beautiful face and this incredible body. And I genuinely don't care that he's kind of lame. For a lot of people, love isn't just a slogan. And if he hits you again, you tell me. I'd be forced to knock his teeth off. I don't think that would be such a good idea. He's big. I'm sorry. It's written into my character to do it, so I do it. What do you mean love? You mean a big lightning bolt to the heart where you can't eat and you can't work and you just run off and get married and make babies. Wait, wait, wait. Don't leave. Don't leave, please. I could use your help. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. Have you been single for far too long? Are you out of touch with the dating game? Regardless of your plight, we're here to help. Put your hands together for the crew of the Nerds in Love podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nerds in Love podcast. I'm your host, Curtis, and with me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm rested, apparently. So uh, Good. Yeah. You and I both took naps before this, because yes. now we can. Yeah. Due to circumstances beyond our control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, great being able to work from home, because... If you're just feeling exhausted, you don't have to, like, pretend to stay awake at your desk. You can just <laughs> walk over to your bed, lay down for a bit. In my case, lay down for longer than you should have. But you know what? Uh, I'm here. I'm, I made and, it. And, and then we're just, you know, you're thinking about your work issues while you're sleeping. You know, you're you're processing them. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so the easiest way to resolve issues is to sleep mm-hmm. it off. Is to sleep thing. on them, yeah. Yeah. And not that we're downplaying the seriousness of what's happening, because things are going to get worse before they get better, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think our city just shut down. Uh, they're uh, they're shutting all the let's see, bars are and restaurants are actually bars are just have fifty percent uh, openness. I don't know how you measure that, but well, that's why they have bouncers and stuff, so when they like, oh. let people in, like keep. Uh track of who's entering and leaving so if you're uh letting in 20 people as a bouncer then you know okay i've got 20 people here and then when you let 20 people out you can you know you can let 20 people in etc so oh actually i correct myself they're not allowing bars that derive 50 percent of their money from liquor to sell any liquor for the next 30 days oh uh, yeah pretty big yeah we don't and have restaurants it. have to have 50 percent yeah capacity only they shut down a lot of like movie theaters and restaurants here so people are screaming what do i do and i'm like well you can just i don't know go uh go 
go play video games or something. <laughs> so here's the thing. So so I'm Generation X. So we were kind of like we just kind of raised ourselves. I mean, my parents my parents are involved in our raising, but I think compared to other generations, we spent more time by ourselves maybe. Because mm. um, I think the trans it sounds like the transition's been easier for Michael and I than it has been for millennials and for baby boomers, I've noticed. And I've noticed that with my other friends for Generation X because we're kind of the generation that everybody forgets about. So mm. we're used to doing things on our own. So yeah. um, I don't know if the transition's been easier because of that or something else. But we're also the sandwich generation, you know, because we have kids and parents. So we have to watch out for everybody. Yeah. But um, anyways, but I'm really thankful that most, um, well, I would, actually all my therapy clients are more than happy to talk with me over video. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm lucky. Like most of my work can all be done digitally. So as long as there's a computer and internet connection, I can do most of my work. So, uh, um, you can, you can go boop, boop, boop and type things. And yeah, done. exactly. So that's my sound effect for you working is boop, boop, boop. Yeah. On the computer. Just, uh, <laughs> type mashing away on a keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's not too bad. So, it could be far worse. Could be, uh, right. you know, there's some people who work retail or service industry, and yeah, they they can't quite do the same. So medical industry. Yeah. Yeah, and if, and I salute all those people. You're the heroes of this because you're still going to work and still helping people. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of you. It's not by choice. And I still really respect that you're out there helping people. Yeah. So. so. Stay as safe as you can. Yep. Uh, well, yeah, this podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment. I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to do this podcast. I don't think too many people are going on dates, so we were talking about this, but I don't know. Well, I think we talk about much more than dating, though, so I'm wondering that, you know, and I've heard this already from people that they're getting adjusted to spending much more time with their partner than they thought because their mm. partner's not working from home. Um, so right. I'm wondering if we're going to get emails pretty soon from people that are adjusting to it because it's all kind of fun like in the beginning woo, we can spend more time together but it might be hitting people that um oh this might be till june <laughs> so mm-hmm. i mean that's the projected when it's supposed to spike is june um or july so obviously we can't stay in that long um no. right now we're just trying to reduce the number of cases even though we have no idea because we don't have adequate testing but um my guess is that this the part about being together all the time that's going to wear off for a lot of people and trying to figure out that fine line of togetherness and and apartness Mm -hmm. that's not a word but it is now yeah all right well uh we're we're gonna you know see what we can do you know i don't know eventually you guys just might not need dating advice for a while but we'll see where we go um remember mailbag at threeingrenders.com if you have uh questions there uh, you can only... email me too on yeah. my contact page at stephaniesarkins.com. So it all goes to the same place. Yeah. So I'll forward it along to current. We've done that before. So, yeah, if you prefer that, you can do that as well. And it may be that now that you're home and you've had some time to kind of think about some stuff, things may be coming to the surface for you that you maybe haven't addressed before. I've noticed that's happening with people. Mm-hmm. So give us a shout. Yeah. All right. Uh, first email is from Brian. Brian says, nerds, I was on Hinge the other day and matched with 20-ish girls. Felt kind of amazing, but now I have 20 or so potential matches and it's so daunting. I am quite nervous. How do you whittle down so many matches, Brian? 
Brian, this is where you ask a lot of qualifying questions, as they call them. So you ask questions that are about things that are relevant to you, things that are important to you. And obviously, of all of your 20 matches, not all of them are going to match up with what you're looking for. And that's going to probably weed out a lot of them. But uh, it, it's a good way to sort of, yeah, whittle down your uh, number of potential dates and... I mean, it may be the case that you get 20 down to 5 or 10 and you still have to go on dates with some of these other or some of these women before you actually know more. So be prepared that you might actually have to do that as well. So um, I would say... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, it's, you know, I, I think do what you can within the app to sort of try to, you know, weed out you know, red flags and other potential issues with people, but be prepared that, yeah, at a certain point, you may just have to meet up with somebody to find out more, but, uh, you know what, that's just part of dating, that's how it is, you know, I, you know, I think we've said it before, better for worse, but that's sort of just how internet dating is nowadays, so, yeah, be prepared that you're gonna have to probably do things, you know, probably go on a few coffee dates, uh, to learn more, but what do you think, Steph? So, well, I was going to ask you, what's a good example of a qualifying question? Like, just think of things that you are, that are important to you. For instance, like, the biggest one will obviously be what are you looking for in a relationship, right? You know, if you are looking for a long-term relationship, you are talking to 20 people and you mention, and you ask somebody, well, what are you looking for? And five of those people say they want uh, friends with benefits or, you know, just sex, then you can obviously then, you know remove those five matches and you're now down to 15 so it's just ways to sort of figure out what you're looking for and asking people and obviously you you want to be like you know casual about it you don't want to just roll on it and be like what are you planning to do with this but you know try to have a natural conversation too but yeah at the same time too you know it's a good when you're in the app it's a good time to ask those questions so that you're you're finding out the essentials about somebody and whether you're not it's going to be a fit or not. And to be honest, they're going to be doing that for you too. So, I mean, out of those 20, there's probably some that are going to honestly, you know, maybe find that you're not a match for them either. So, it works both ways. That's what I'm, what I'm so, trying to say. So, I like to travel. So, a qualifying question would be something like, what's your favorite place that you've been to? Yeah. It, like, so it's open-ended questions, basically. Yeah, if they were like, I don't like to travel, I'd rather just stay at home and play video games. And you go, okay, well, that's obviously not going to work for me because I like to travel. So, Or, or, you're, or you're well-rounded and you do a little bit of both. And wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? Yes. Yep. So so I guess it's it's not a yes or no question. Again, like it's an open-ended question. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and yeah. and how, how does Hinge work? Is it is it like regular, like you just match up with people and you just see their profile or is it like different than tinder and stuff or because i haven't even been on tinder but what's what's hinge's gimmick like what's their thing that makes them stand out from the other things uh other well it's games? more so that they're trying to get people to not use the app so their goal is to try to get you in a match so that you delete the app and move on to a fruitful relationship so Wait, they, other... they don't want you to use the app yeah that's an interesting business model yeah huh they say, please meet somebody so you don't have to use this. I think they, their motto is the, the dating app that's designed to be deleted. So they they want people... Oh, that's, that's a cute gimmick. Yeah. I know. They want people to 
move on. So, okay. So yeah. I, I would say just look and see what, like, like Kurt says, you know, see what stuff that you're looking for in someone. Like I mentioned, write down what you're looking for in somebody mm-hmm. and get as detailed as possible. And which people automatically appeal to you, I would go by gut feeling on that. Which ones automatically you go, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your common interests? And again, if you see that's like, if you like to travel and you see someone that likes to travel, like ask them, you know, what's the favorite place you've been or what are your, what are your top five destinations? And, you know, and again, you know, people are going to select themselves out because maybe they won't answer, but, uh, but I think that's great. You master 20 people. So it gives you a lot more um, people to, to talk to. So mm. I say, you know, just go with your gut. I think, you know, pretty well kind of what you're looking for and what you're not looking for. Yeah. And again, some people are just not going to answer because they're in a different place or they got together with an ex or whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. Or they haven't checked the app because it's meant to be deleted. Right? So, yeah. So there's you can't do this the wrong way. So that's the good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Okay. Let me read Henry's. Sure. Henry says, with me being in self-isolation for the next two weeks, maybe more I thought, wait, what? <laughs> let me reread this with me being in self-isolation for the next two weeks maybe more i oh maybe more oh okay oh henry i was, I was looking for a comment there wasn't one with me being in self-isolation for the next two weeks maybe more i thought i'd reevaluate my dating profiles what are some insights you have into writing a da- dating profile henry henry um, i would make it interesting make yourself stand out but for good reasons so if you've went on an interesting trip i'd mention that uh, what's the interest of yours. So again, that's a way for people to decide if they want to be with you or not. Cause if you like, uh, underwater basket weaving, you want to make sure that you meet somebody that also likes to do that. So, uh, so you want to be honest, but not brutally honest, right? So you don't need to throw everything out there, but if there's something again, that's really important to you and you don't mind that going out into the public, so to speak, I would add that have a photo of you, you only. So I always find people that like, you can tell like if they've cut off themselves from the photo, I see that on Facebook and, and, um, in other places, uh, have it where you're doing activity you like, like if you're like, this is an extreme example, but if you like rock climbing, put a photo of you rock climbing on there. So, um, and again, yeah, I also say to people, put a question in there. Like again, you know, Hey, when we connect, what's, what's one of your favorite places to visit? And then, so that's kind of draws them in because they have a question to answer when they speak with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, so again, I would just be yourself, uh, show some people your profile, show, show friends and see what they say. And they can give you some tips. Uh, maybe talk with people that have been doing online dating for a while. Um, and have them look over your profile cause they kind of know what people are looking for, but above all, just be yourself we've talked about it before that what a bummer it is when people are going out meeting someone and it turns out they're not like their profile and that's bad news so what do you think well i think the main thing to keep in mind is what exactly are you looking for because the different apps all serve different functions uh some apps are more designed for uh you know friends with benefits or hooking up and others are more long-term relationships so uh depending on what you're looking for if you want to go and say try to um you know essentially sort of you know go onto a website or app and find success i think the main thing is you gotta first foremost figure out what it is what you want so if you're wanting you know a like let's say you want casual sex 
you know, Tinder tends to be probably more in line with that. Uh, and not to say that people can't find other things on there, but it's just typically, you know, when you're looking at the broad spectrum, that's how things tend to lay. Um, so if that's what you're looking for, then, you know, make sure that you're, you know, finding the right app to use and you're writing an, a profile that really lends itself to that. You know, like a lot of times if you're, if you're wanting to, yeah, be more casual or in a casual relationship, then having a casual profile also sort of is indicative of that, you know, light and easy, maybe jokey, but not, you know, too heavy, not without too much information. Whereas if you're going to be looking for a long-term relationship, you want to lay out a lot more about like, maybe say your goals, your aspirations, maybe some accomplishments, stuff like that. So I think you got to first and foremost figure out what it is you're looking for and design a goal that, or design a profile, sorry, that is more sort of, in a way, like a thesis. You know, you want to sort of lay out what it is you're looking for, detail, why you think, you know, you would be a great partner for whoever potentially is reading your profile and end it. And I think that's the one thing a lot of people don't realize when they're making a profile is that it is very much like an argument, an argument for why such and such person should be going on a date with you. So try to just first and foremost, yeah, figure out what it is you're looking for and then construct the best argument around that. And you should hopefully find some success, but you know, obviously, yeah, you don't want to maybe, you don't want to lie. You don't want to maybe pretend to be someone you're not, but, uh, I definitely think gearing the conversation towards what you're looking for is a big thing as well. What a great answer. Oh, thanks. That's a great answer. I have some moments. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Read Andy. Yeah, Andy says, uh, nerds, my girlfriend is amazing in Mary, many areas, but one thing that bothers me is that we can't have alone time. If we are at her place or mine, she wants to talk and she'll repeat things or talk about utter nonsense sometimes, i.e. the difference between different peppercorns. I love her, but is it bad that I sometimes want to lay on the couch and play Hearthstone or listen to music, Andy? No, that's just you wanting alone time, and that's perfectly okay. Sometimes you have to just tell somebody, hey, you know what, I'm just gonna kind of do my own thing, and... Sometimes it's just a lack of communication. Maybe sometimes your partner feels like she has to communicate with you and you're not, but maybe you can just communicate that to her and just say, hey, you know, I'm just, I just need some alone time right now. There's nothing wrong with telling our partners this, I don't think. But what do you think? No, I think you have to, to have a healthy relationship. For sure. Yeah, and everybody has different preferences for alone and together time. And if you're match up. Uh, it's okay and healthy for you to want to do your own thing. And again, this is something that we just need to talk about in our relationships. And we're going to run into this a little bit more now because a lot of us are on two week, you know, self-imposed or forced lockdown mm -hmm. uh, with the coronavirus. So uh, you are going to run into the cases now where you're having more together time than you kind of bargained for a mm -hmm. few weeks ago. So uh, I think especially a lot of couples are going to find out now how they do with alone versus together time. So it's really important just to, have some long time. I mean, I, I think we are especially good at that. Maybe that we'll say like, Hey, I just need some alone time. And, and the appropriate response is like, okay, no problem. Now, if, yeah. if a person's using alone time to get out of having discussion, that's another thing. And that's something completely different. 
Um, but that could also be the person needing some space to think over something. But if you just, again, a healthy relationship, you just say, Hey, I need some alone time. The other person goes, okay. And then one of us will usually say, you know, well, yeah, I think I need like, I don't know, like 20 minutes of alone time or I need like, you know, a half hour or whatever. Um, and that's, and then after a while you just kind of find that balance, I think. And you're able to do that on your own. And just, I think you're able to tell each other's rhythms of alone and together time. You can kind of tell when the other person needs to be alone. So yeah. most times so people can pick this up right away. I guess usually mm -hmm. something that most times when you're in a relationship, you can kind of feel like, okay, this person just probably wants to be alone or probably, you know, it's a good time for me to go do something. But I get the impression that Andy, your partner is maybe a little, maybe unable to pick up on that rhythm of what exactly you know, it's a long time. So maybe you, you don't want to be rude about it, but maybe just obviously let them know like, Hey, you know what? Like this is, you know, I, I, you don't need to, you know, you know, entertain me or anything. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm just doing my own thing. So. Well, she might also have pressure on her. I think you mentioned this, that, you know, and maybe that her pattern for relationships is, is that you spend as much time together as possible. Cause we always bring these patterns from our parents relationships or marriage or parents have ways of relating to people and then that's how we relate to people and so it may be that you know her template says that you try to spend as much time together as possible yeah and i really want to know the difference between the peppercorns and i'm gonna look that up but um and you know as a person that tends to repeat things <laughs> in conversation um i would say that you know she may not realize she's repeating stuff um mm -hmm. it may be and sometimes if I mean, I don't know how long you guys have been together, but sometimes if you're nervous about talking with someone about stuff, you may repeat yourself. Um, or maybe she's repeating herself because she's looking for some kind of verification that you're listening. So it sounds like it's just good to have a, a conversation about communicating your needs to each other. And again, you know, the proper response to, hey, I need some alone time is okay. So. Yeah. Cool. All right. Did you want to read Jenny's email? Okay. Jenny says, last week I was invited by this guy I've been seeing for three weeks to go 4 by 4 with him. Now, if people aren't familiar with 4 by 4 I've been told this is where you drive a truck through things. <laughs> that's not a really That's that probably the worst description of all time. I'm is sorry. It, it's, like, it's like you drive a truck. It's like mud bogging, right? Like you go through mud. Well, like basically there's like off-road um, paths that you can take that yeah, are usually quite muddy and whatnot. Okay, uh, so that's mud bogging where I live. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but you're you're not necessarily driving through things. I don't think that there that's physically possible. Why am I like driving through mud? <laughs> Here I'm just imagining you trying to drive through a rock, and you're like, "This is not working. I can't four by yeah, four. Yeah, no, my my visualization driving through stuff was like swamp, like oh. mud. <laughs> so we have very different climates on the different coasts, <laughs> but yeah. So, but yeah, no, so like, uh, typically oh, four by, typically four by four and is basically like there will be like some roads that are off the beaten path that you can drive along and people make it enthusiasm it's like a, a sort of something for people to do like a lot of people will get nice trucks or beat their trucks up just for the sake of uh getting out there in the, in the wilderness but yeah so how Sorry. popular is this in vancouver uh not particularly but there are some areas in bc where oh, really? it's popular yeah like See, I, in north central florida it kind of is but it's called mud bogging yeah like 
uh, here where I grew up, it was a little more popular. But like in Vancouver itself, like people don't really go before four by four, and I'm pretty sure most people here don't even know what that is. Well, that's why I want to explain to everybody because I wasn't sure if everybody knew. But anyway, so they're going four by four. So just just the the concept is basically you're driving your truck around mud. So yeah, uh, we were going a four by four up to a lake and camp in the bed of his truck. And the bed of your truck is the fly part of your truck. So we were driving up and got to the lake and he parked on some wet sand. I asked if it was safer for us to park on some gravel, but my partner insisted I was over worrying. I eventually agreed to park his truck on the wet sand. We woke up the next morning and the truck sunk into the sand. The sand was up to around where the windows are. As we went up by ourselves, no one could pull us out. So we had to walk 13 miles to a station where someone drove back and pulled the truck out. Since then, no apology or any sort of admission that he was wrong. I'm really upset that he has admitted his fault in this. Is this petty of me? Jenny. Jenny, I'm confused because it sounds like it's his truck and his truck got damaged because I'm, uh, you know, I'm thinking if the sand goes up to your windows, it also probably went into your gas tank. Yeah. Um, so his truck is ruined. Um, and yeah, you you probably were right. Parking on wet sand was not a good idea. So I'm not, he's already gotten bruised by this because so his truck got damaged. And then he already knows that you gave him the better option and he didn't take it. So I'm not mm -hmm. sure you want him to apologize or admit that he was wrong. I mean, it's pretty obvious that he knows that you had the better option. So I'm not sure what you'd be getting out of him actually verbalizing to you. Yeah, it's... I think that's confusing. And an apology, it's like he, you want to apologize for because he didn't take your suggestion, but his truck is the one that got damaged and his ego is bruised too, probably, because you know, he had to have you had to walk 13 miles and get somebody to pull you out. I mean, he sounds like he's been punished enough. So what do you think? I you know, I think it really comes down to more of a respect thing. I mean, it sounds mm -hmm. like Jenny, your partner wasn't quite respectful enough of you and your sort of suggestions. So I think you do make a valid point and uh, it really would have probably it, like, would it have made a big difference had you parked on the gravel instead of the sand? No, probably not. It sounds like they were both pretty close and it wasn't too much of an inconvenience. Um, I think maybe your partner just has a, a hard time admitting that he was wrong. You know, a lot of people do in life, not just uh romantic partners but co-workers family members some people just have a hard time admitting that they were wrong right so i get the impression that this guy probably just maybe can't come to say that he was wrong but uh you know i don't know yeah like steph said you know it seems like he's at least aware that he wasn't uh, making the right call at the very least but i don't know i would say <sighs> part of me wants to say just kind of just if it really is a big issue for you that you know he didn't respect what you said you should bring it up and just say hey you know what i kind of felt like i was a little you know disrespected or whatever when you didn't take my suggestion and bring it up to him if it's not a respect thing and you're really i don't know just more like why didn't he choose my thing you know i think yeah the damage to the truck is probably enough of an indicator but I guess this also, I also wonder if this is a pattern, if this is something that he's done before, where if maybe he's just brushed off any sort of uh, injunctions or additions you may have to a situation. So I kind of wonder, yeah, is this something that he's done before? Or is this something that he's just kind of doing now for the first time? But hard for us to say, you would know more than us whether this is a pattern or not, but... 
If it is, then you might want to nip it in the butt now because this is still pretty early on in your relationship. If this is something that he's done a few times, you might want to bring it up and see if you can, you know, get it get it dealt with now before it becomes a larger issue down the road. If that's something you're wanting to do. Well, and then I noticed too. So there's a sentence in here that says, "I I eventually agreed to park his truck on the wet sand," but it sounds like he parked the truck. And, and you agreed, so, okay, so you said, I want to park on gravel. He said, no, I'm going to park here. I eventually agreed to park his truck on the wet sand. So, uh, but he parked it, no? Well, I, like, I, I don't think the wording's that, that well, strong. Well, I think, but... the, I think the wording is kind of revealing, though, because I eventually agreed to his truck, so it's his truck. And you can give feedback, but ultimately it's his truck. Yeah. Or is it that, well, you've only been together for three weeks. So there's something about the phrasing of I eventually agreed to park his truck. Well, it's his truck. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, I take a look at what you're seeking from an apology. And I think Kurt's right. You know, is this a pattern that's happened in the relationship before uh, that one of you needs to be seen as right. And uh, even when it's pretty obvious, you know, from like his drugs damage. Yeah. Um, so what it's not, I don't think it's about the truck. I think it's about being heard or, um, sometimes, you know, people just don't agree with you on stuff and sometimes they're not going to agree with you and you, they're going to make a decision that maybe wasn't the best for him. And so it's, it's, if you're seeking, if you need something from him, then I would just tell him what it is and just say, you know, I need to be validated. That I'm mm -hmm. Now, and let me tell you, that's going to cause you some issues in relationships. If you need to be validated that you were right when it was obviously you were right. Yeah. So you kind of don't want to push the issue either because he's already probably mortified this happened so i don't know if you if you need something for your partner just ask for it yeah i'm not saying it's going to end well because again i think kind of suffered enough but uh but if you have to drive a point home uh you know think about what might come as a result of that mm -hmm. and my and my guess is just like with several emails we don't know the whole story yeah all right well that's it for this week very few emails but uh lots hopefully we helped uh cool um yeah Steph, yeah but people... we just talked what less than a week ago so yeah that's true also too kind of a short short interim i also yeah also too i feel like no one's really dating right now which is probably for the best i mean you know, as much as maybe making out or, you know, doing whatever kids do nowadays is fun, you know. Safety comes first. And you know what? Uh, in some ways, part of me is like, oh, darn, we don't have uh, a lot of emails. But part of me is also like, I think if we did, I would probably be <laughs> more upset. Like, well, I, we're, in a, we're in a crisis right now. And I think once, when we, if we get adjusted to the normal, um, we're going to figure our way of doing things. Because I think for most of us, we never we've never experienced a pandemic um so mm -hmm. that's something that maybe it may have happened to our like in 1918 there was a huge flu epidemic and that they killed my great-grandfather in, in just a couple of days and he was healthy healthy 33 year old so you know there are people that our grandparents or great-grandparents have lived through something like this but this is not something we're used to so we should probably just address real quick which are that Again, you're adjusting to a new normal. We have no playbook for this. We don't know mm 
mm-hmm. always the best way of handling things. Um, and again, you may be working with your partner at home and this is a new thing for the both of you. So just cut each other some slack. Um, everybody's learning this on their own. And again, none of us have really been in this situation before. Things are going to get worse before they get better uh, as far as the number of people that are contaminated. And we are going to have deaths from this, unfortunately. So um, so everybody just take good care of yourself. Get some rest like like Kurt and I just did. We took a nap before we did this. So um, just make sure you get enough rest. And you know, the good news is, is that I think it's around 88% of people that have developed COVID-19, which is the which is the illness that comes from the coronavirus, um, that 88% of them have either no symptoms, it's called asymptomatic, or they're having just mild symptoms like a mild cold or flu. So that's the good news. And it looks like kids are somehow not really getting that sick at all. So um, it's just when you're a vulnerable population, if you have a, a lung disease, like I have asthma, so I have to mm-hmm. watch it, or if you're older, uh, but just for the sake of everyone like that has a high risk thing, the reason why we're doing lockdown is because we want to make sure the people that aren't going to be able to get health services get them. So if you if you could, and I know some of you have to work and you really don't have any way around that, but if you could stay home as much as possible, I think we're not doing just doing that for ourselves, we're doing it for other people too. And I know it's a big sacrifice for a lot of people, um, but we're going to get to a point if we don't, you know, I know everybody's heard flatten the curve, but if mm-hmm. we don't flatten the curve, the, what we're looking at is upwards of 15% of people that go to the hospital aren't going to be able to have access to the health care they need. And what we're seeing in um, Italy is that they're basically making life and death decisions that who do we put on a respirator and who do we basically let die mm-hmm. uh, because they are so overloaded in their hospital system. Yeah. So that's why we're all staying home as much as we can. Again, I know a lot of you don't have a choice for various reasons. Your employer doesn't give you time off or whatever. And that's another issue that needs to be resolved. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, be kind to yourself, take good care of yourself. I know we're going through a lot of changes uh, right now. We're trying to figure out what this is all about. Um, we're looking at now probably a peak in June or July of this. So I don't know if the question is whether you're going to get it or not. It's just when you're going to get it, unfortunately, because we have got, we've kind of, we're kind of past the point where we could test everybody and we still don't have enough tests. So, um, yeah, I, I know that I don't, don't mean to cause anxiety for you. I'm just saying like, just take care of yourself as the best you can. And we're just trying to make it so that if you do get this, that you're getting it when there's, there's medical help available. We don't want to overload the system because, you know, in Canada and the U S we only have so many, you know, respirators and everything else. So, so, and the staying home part is, is more to protect the people that are really vulnerable. And if you are staying home, I appreciate that. And again, if you're not able to, I hope things change with your employer because that really sucks that you're still having to work and, um, and, you know, not be able to take time off. And even if you're not feeling good, if you are not feeling good, please, please stay home. And I know I get a lot of employers made that difficult for people, but just really take good care of yourself and, and be gentle to yourself. Again, we're all kind of making this up as we go along. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. All right. Well, I'm over at 3ingreenerves.com, as always. Uh, not a lot to review because there's no movies coming out, but you know what? We're we're making things, we're keeping things interesting over there. Now, know. what's the thing about Invisible Man's coming to streaming? So there's some movies that are coming to streaming? Yeah, so the big deal about this is that typically movies will be in the theater for maybe around a month or two, 
and then they'll have a bit of a period before they come to video on demand and then later blu-ray so typically this this period typically lasts around four months five months something like that so it's very unprecedented about this is invisible man came out less than a month ago maybe like two or three weeks ago and the hunt is literally just came out this past friday and both are being available on demand this coming friday uh so instead of waiting five months for it to normally come to vod we've essentially it's coming within a month for invisible man and within literally a week for the hunt so uh basically they're trying to keep people entertained while not going to the movie theater which is probably a good thing um because and there's a lot of stuff on steam that's free now too right maybe like i know there's some virtual reality stuff that's free maybe yeah but i just think it's cool because you know it people want to go see the invisible man they want to go see the hunt they want to go see these movies and you know rather than uh saying sorry you guys are sol you you have to wait until um you know things are better before you go to the movie theater they're basically taking a bit of a loss and making it available Mm -hmm. to people and yeah, you know, I'll be completely honest. You know, I'm pretty sure most there's going to be people who will, uh, you know, torrent it and illegally download it. But you know what? I, I, it, it, it's good that they've at least taken some stride to make it available for people. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'll say this: Invisible Man and The Hunter both really entertaining movies. So, oh, you've seen both of them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Invisible Man is this is this working on the the monster franchise? Is this uh, supposed to go along with like the mummy and stuff, or are they kind of rebooting everything? They're rebooting it, so it's supposed to be separate. Okay. But uh, the thing is that uh, what is it the the it's the Invisible Man, but he's kind of like a gaslighter kind of abuser. Mm-hmm. So no, well, it's interesting. Also, he is himself. Okay, because I know you sent me the article. I thought it was like yeah, no, okay. he he's an he's an abusive prick. So. The, the movie sort of makes it like he's invisible. He was an abuser before he became invisible, and then he becomes invisible. And uh, there's more to the movie than that, but I won't spoil it for people. But it's really. And bad. when is it coming out? Because now I need to watch it because this guy gaslighting. It comes out on Friday. so. And and where can you see this again? Uh, you can just get it on like, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you like rent a movie. Wow. Yeah. So. Cool. Okay. Yeah. The Hunt's also really good too, especially with the political climate if you need a catharsis for some of the dumb idiot uh, idiotic decisions that uh, your government's making <laughs> i was laughing because the, there was uh, one point in the movie where uh, ethan supley who you might remember he was the bigger guy and my name is earl he um he's in the movie and uh him and another character come across these uh these people trying to immigrate to, into a country via a, a train and he goes, they're crisis actors, they're crisis actors, I swear, they're going to try to kill us. And the other person's like, what are you talking about? They're just trying to find a better life for themselves. He's like, no, they're crisis actors. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. so it was actually kind of, you know, pulls a lot of uh, political sort of, yeah, like, uh, conspiracies and other stuff. And uh, right. victim blaming, the appropriation, like, it's... <laughs> It's a, it's a horror movie, but it's actually pretty smart for a horror movie. But it's rooted in a lot of real life stuff. Yeah, so I'll, and it advances a lot of a lot of concerns that people are having as far as the the behavior that the really kind of horrible behavior some people are having. Yeah, the crisis actor okay. thing I thought in particular <laughs> cracked me up. I was like, yeah, that seems a little little on point. I yeah. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing I was gonna just be nice to each other. 
this is not a, a virus of any particular origin. I mean, I, I drop off the ethnic identification of the virus. The virus is a virus now. It doesn't care who it infects. It really doesn't. It's going to infect you, you yeah. know, regardless of who you are. So I think we really need to be careful with some of the racial stereotypes we're, we're using. And I know our president doesn't have an issue with that, but I think we really need to be careful what wording we're using and just be kind to people. Yeah. I mean, everybody's under a tremendous amount of stress right now. Mm-hmm. So just be good to people. There That's all go. I ask. So, all right. Well, on we... my website. So, stephaniesarkis.com, pick up my book, Gaslight, if you want to learn more about issues like being told you're going to have testing everywhere and you don't get it. This is, this or, is, this is probably... or being told that Google's going to come up with a system for figuring out where you're going to test. And Google is very surprised by that. <laughs> so, so, you know. Check it out on Gaslight. There's a whole chapter on Gaslight and Society, which speaks to some of the stuff we're living through right now. This may be so. our longest outro I think we've ever done. I'm just... <laughs> hey, you know what? Hard times call for longer outros. That's I guess. what I say. All right. Well, yeah. StephanieSarkis.com, ThreeGreeners.com, Gaslight in the book. You'll you'll have plenty of time to read these things to check them out, I'm sure. Until next time, everyone. Bye for now. Bye.